On today's episode of the John Cabot Show podcast, I made myself watch One Piece and I'm never going to listen to you guys again. <gasps> also, could the Sony movies coming out in 2024 actually hurt the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Beverly Hills Cop Axel F has a first new trailer out. Captain America... The fourth one coming out, that's been moved all the way to 2025. Well, they just hired a new writer with almost no experience to rewrite a bunch of the reshoots they're not going to be doing till mid-2024. And I talked to several Hollywood producers who are saying they believe Jonathan Majors, given the recent testimony in court, is definitely going to be recast as Kang. We're going to talk about that and a whole bunch more. The John Campion Show podcast starts right now. Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn movie related show on the planet, the John Campbell Show podcast. Coming to you from right here in our quaint little studio, brought to you in part by our good friends over at Mint Mobile. I am, of course, your host, John Campion, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies and movie news, TV and streaming, trying to find Wonka bars, and all sorts of good stuff. Joining me in studio today, he's been on the phone all day, some reason, trying to find Wonka bars. It's Ray Aura. I have. He really has. I'm not kidding. All it's day, so all morning, I, every 30 seconds. Hello, do you guys sell Wonka bars? That's all I've heard all morning. Also, sitting over here, Jonathan Voiko. Just finished my Wonka bars. <laughs> <laughs> the delightful Chris Carr is here. Thank you, guys. And most importantly... You guys are here. Thank you so much for making this show part of your day. And here's how today's show is going to go. We're going to start off by talking about those topics that I listed off. And then we're going to take your comments and questions. Now, we already asked our beloved YouTube channel members in the community tab to fire in any topics or observations they have. But also, if you guys are watching live and you'd like to send in a topic or question for us to address, go ahead and use the Super Chat feature in the live chat. And we'll get to those as long as they're appropriate at or near the end of the show. Uh, I'm going to give you guys a heads up. <clears throat> Some of you noticed I did not do a show yesterday. Um, at the end of Tuesday's show, I told you guys I was kind of under the weather. I got knocked on my ass yesterday, like really bad. And uh, you can still tell <clears throat> I'm not doing so great. So you're going to hear me... Uh, you know, whooshing around some lozenges and drinking more than normally. And I'm going to try to power through today's show and I will get to it. By the way, it's game day. Game day. Game day. Wonka. Wonka. I'm very excited. You know, there have been good reviews, but I talked to a friend of mine who, who <laughs> saw it early. And I really, like her opinion and mine tend to synchronize pretty well. She adored this movie. Like absolutely mm. loved it. So I'm super excited about that. But, you know, being knocked on my ass last couple of days, I watched a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> For example, I watched uh, Leave the World Behind, the Julia Roberts, Mahershala Ali, Kevin Bacon, uh, uh, Handsome Hawk. Great cast. Kevin Bacon's in it? Yeah. Oh, wow. Small small role, okay. but, but he's in it. It was all right. It was okay. Mm -hmm. Like I, it's, it's another one of those movies where... You know, it, it reminds me a lot of uh, the Nicolas Cage film I just saw, um, Dream Scenario, uh -huh. where they sell the movie about this incredible premise, but the premise has really nothing to do with the movie. It's all about the people living in that premise, trying to make observations about human existence within the premise, but not really addressing the premise itself. I found all, you know, Leave the World Behind was kind of a lot like that. Um, although it's good. It's good. I enjoyed it. It, it. it was good. So I watched that. I watched the... Kevin Hart, Chris Rock, Only Headliners documentary. That was pretty good. That was all right. <clears throat> but since I had some time on my hands, sitting around wrapped in a blanket, mm -hmm. and the fact that I've had so many of you guys tell me that I should watch One Piece, uh, something that I had very little interest in, uh, oh, good, a stretchy little pirate boy going, Arr, I'm going to be king of the pirates. But you know what? I had time on my hands, and <laughs> you guys in the past have steered me right. I wasn't interested in Harley Quinn. You made me watch it, and I loved it. I wasn't interested in Arcane. You told me I should watch it, and I loved it. I wasn't interested in Blue Eye Samurai. You told me I had to watch it, and I loved it. So I decided to watch One Piece. <clears throat> it's really good. It's okay. I was going to say, it's, when you started to talk about this, I was like, in what world do you not like this show? Uh, it, it, it was pretty good. All right. I, I, like, I, it, it didn't win me over right off the start, right? And I got to admit, when we meet Luffy, I 
kind of was getting ready to tune out. But as the show progressed, I, I remember, I can't remember which episode it was. Maybe it was the episode where, the, where they were in the mansion and uh, there was the pirate butler, whatever. At some point along the lines, I remember catching myself and I went, I would follow that guy. He, he could be, I mean, and, and I don't know where that switch happened for me, but listen, guys, if you have not seen One Piece, I don't think it's as good as Arcane. I don't think it's as good as Harley Quinn. I don't think it's as good as Blue Eye Samurai, but it's a good watch. It's, it's a fun little show and I still have no interest in watching the anime, but <clears throat> this is, this is, uh, in, in the world of, can they actually take anime and bring it into a live action format and do it well? This is a good example of it being done well. And it gives me even more enthusiasm for Avatar. So hopefully, well, if they uh, If they don't have, if they don't, you know, for uh, what is it, My Hero Academia, the live action, if they don't have the main character screaming, would you scream be interested crying. in that? It's not just screaming, scream crying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, doubt that's, loves <laughs> I doubt that's going to translate to live action. So you might be, might luck out with that one too. Have you guys seen those trailers for Yu Yu Hakusho? Uh-uh. No. Oh, it looks dope. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is that the guy who's like, he he died and he's been brought back? And, he's gotten to be okay, like a paranormal I did detective. see the trailer for that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to lie. The trailer looked pretty intriguing. I'm panda so excited. Too? There's a panda, right? In Yu Yu Hakusho? Or is that the other one? No, 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 no. I'm thinking about the other one. Sorry. You're thinking of Kung Fu Panda. Very easy to get those <laughs> confused. Anyway. All right, guys. Ugh. Let's get things started here, shall we? You know, uh, we've talked a lot about that coming up in 2024. There's only, Marvel only has one movie coming out and two live action series. A far cry from like, I mean, the other year they had like eight pieces of content come out or something like that, something ridiculous. Well, there are others. Sony has got, as of right now, no less than three live action movies coming out based on Marvel characters. We've got Madam Web, we got Craven the Hunter, and we've got Venom 3. Now, we don't really count those as Marvel movies, and nor should they be, but could they have an impact on the Marvel movies? And that is the topic of today's Mint Mobile hotline question of the day. Listen, guys, if you've got a question or topic for the show and you'd like to hear your voice on our show, go ahead and call the Mint Mobile hotline anytime, 24-7 at 951-268-4259. And uh, today's is about the impact it could have on Marvel. Check it out. Hey, guys, this is Just Your Average Jose. So I started thinking about this MCU having only one movie coming out in 2024. And on Monday's show, you said not to count the Sony movies. But it got me thinking, the casual movie theater-going audience doesn't know the difference between a Sony-produced Marvel movie and a Marvel Studios-produced Marvel movie. And if the upcoming Sony movies are bad, Madam Web and Craven, would that hurt the MCU? Because, like I said, I know the difference. But most people don't. Love to know if that has any uh, relevance to to the show. <laughs> thanks, guys. <laughs> All right, Jose. Thanks a lot for calling that in. And the first thing I should say is I disagree with your starting premise that most people don't know the difference. Yeah, they do. There are some who don't. I, I don't think it's it's indisputable that there are some that don't. But you know, my barometer for for the average movie going on is my mom. My mom knows the difference between. You know, those again, I believe there are some who don't, but I think most people do. Sony would love it if most people didn't know the difference. <laughs> um, but I think most people, the majority of people do. That being said, it still raises an interesting question. Even if people do know that Madam Web is not connected to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that Craven the Hunter is not necessarily a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. If these movies are terrible, I mean, maybe they'll be great like Venom. Maybe they'll be terrible like Morbius. Don't know. But if they're terrible, could that, even if people do or don't know that they are or are not connected to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, could that hurt the Marvel films? I would go one step further than that. <clears throat> I believe that it's not about the studio. It's actually about the genre. I think it goes wider. Listen, I think most people know the difference between going to a DC movie and going to a Marvel movie, but I think for the vast majority of the average moviegoers, it's really more about the genre. Because when an average moviegoer goes to see a comic book movie, 
if they thought the movie stunk, they are less likely to go to the next comic book movie that comes out, regardless if it's from Warner Brothers, if it's from Sony, if it's from Disney. If the average moviegoer goes to the movie, has a terrible time, they're less likely. Not, it's not that they won't go to the next one, but instead of maybe 80% chance, it might be a 72% chance. Like it, it drops, it hurts. Kevin Feige, and we've quoted him a lot about this, he, he was talking about why he cheers, personally, he cheers for D DC films to succeed. And he expressed the whole idea that, well, listen, if their movies come out and they're great, it's just good for the whole, the whole uh, genre. If people go to a DC movie and have a great time and have a wonderful time and bring their friends out, then when we bring out the next comic book movie, they're more likely to come. The old saying of, you know, a rising tide raises all ships sort of thing. That's not always 100% applicable, but there's a generalism to that that I think is true. And yes, I, and therefore, I yeah, I do believe that if Madam Web, if Craven, <coughs> if Venom 3 are terrible, and by the way, I, I, I know there's a lot of conversation going about it. I I have some hope for Craven. I really do. I, I think I think there is some potential there with Craven, especially with uh, nose biting. Uh, nose biting. Actually, is, is that nose or is he? You know, at first I thought he was biting out his eye. I thought he was literally biting out the guy's eye, which I thought, you know, Chris shouldn't watch this. No. But That's I personally have That's some, you know, with, uh, what's his name? Edgar Allan Poe. What's what's the real actor's name? Um, the oh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. With Aaron Taylor Johnson, kick-ass, playing the role. I, I, I've personally got some hope in this. Madam Webb looks intriguing. I love the premise. I'm a little bit concerned by how wouldn't all the dialogue sound in the trap. Regardless, we're not here to predict whether those movies will be good or bad, but if they're bad. Yeah. I, not only do I think it hurts Marvel, I think it hurts DC. I think it hurts anybody who's trying to make comic book material. <clears throat> and 2024, it's all about Sony. Sony's got three movies coming out. And if they all crop the bed, and I'm not saying they will, but if they do, that will make the job even harder on James Gunn to get the new DC up and running. I'm not saying it stops him from being able to do it, but I'm saying it makes the job harder. It makes it harder for Kevin Feige to get the rehabilitation program going on, the, on Marvel's image right now. It'll make things more difficult. So one, yeah, I think the audience knows the difference between Sony movies and Marvel movies, but I don't think that's relevant. I think it's about the genre, and I think if these movies are terrible, it can hurt Marvel and DC and anybody else trying to make comic book material. Anyway, Chris, you know, it's going to be a really interesting year. I don't think we have any DC films coming out in 2024. We have only one Marvel Cinematic film coming out. Mm -hmm. Sony's ruling the roost. What happens if those movies are bad? Oh, if those movies are bad, John? Um... <laughs> Because I am, I'm not excited about either of these. I'm going to be completely honest. What? Craven, uh, I think, has potential here, right? And I am going to go into this just open-minded and try to enjoy it for what it is. It does feel quite different from the source material, which is totally fine. It's great when comics can, uh, comic movies can stray away from their stuff. It doesn't make or break it. But I have just heard about so many problems here, mm. so many different writers being brought on, uh, leaving, others coming on. When that trailer or that little sneak peek was released to us at CinemaCon, I knew several writers who had just been brought on that week to write for that movie that was being shown to us. So that doesn't really bode well for me. Madam Web, I could not be less excited about this. That trailer lowered my lowered intrigue your enthusiasm. in this so much. Uh, mostly because the actual character of Madam Web is so fascinating to me, and I'm not quite sure what this still is supposed to be here. I don't really understand how she's bringing these women together. I don't understand who these women are. And that's fine. The movie will tell me, I'm sure. But I'm, I'm, I'm just not particularly jazzed about it. It does affect all comic book movies as a whole. Now, people like my mom do not understand that these are different groups. <laughs> she thinks that Spider-Verse is part of the MCU, thinks that the comics are directly tied. She thinks it's all one big thing. And so usually I do have to explain to her, oh, no, this one's a different studio. Oh, no, this one's affiliated with somebody else. No, these aren't connected. These kind of are, I guess, No, in a Superman's way. not going to fight the Hulk. Exactly. A bunch of those pop up. So I think for your general movie-going audience, it is more of that idea of coming back to the idea of superhero t fatigue or more importantly, mediocrity fatigue. 
right? These movies do need to do well so that audiences go out to see them. We had an amazing film in Guardians of the Galaxy, right? And I think that movie could have probably even done even better if, you know, there was a a better boom of of movies coming out around that time, right? If people were more excited about Marvel movies. Um, So I think, one, they have to do well just so everyone else can kind of rise up. But... I don't think people who are in the know either are particularly excited about these. I personally haven't heard a lot of people buzzing about either of these no. films. No, no. And when I. Madam Web came out, that trailer, most of the people I knew and most of the people online I was seeing reacting <clears> to <throat> it were not excited about it. And and I just it's a bummer because Sony has done such a great job with the animated aspect mm-hmm. of it. I really want them to do well with <clears> these <throat> things that yeah. they have for live action. Morbius, great character. Truly. It would have been great if that movie was great. Craven, such an interesting character. I would love for this movie to be great. I love Aaron Taylor Johnson. Madam Web, again, super cool character that not a lot of people know about unless you kind of like rabidly watched uh, the 90s animated series. Oh, yeah, or that was great. She was so good yeah. on it. And the voice was done by Stan Lee's wife. Oh, wow. Um, I never so, knew that. Yeah. So really, really great stuff in their hands that they seem, seem to just kind of keep fumbling. And that's a bummer for all of us. And it also means that a lot of these kind of B, C, other tier characters that most people don't know about, we're less likely to see in future movies. And that's the real shame here because mm. comics have so many great juicy characters that are just lower tiers that we usually don't hear about. Iron Man was a BC lister, honestly, until the Marvel Cinematic Universe raised him up. And that's what we really love about these comic book movies is as comic book fans getting to see some of those B-side characters get up there and everyone else fall in love with them. Well, the problem is, though, that Marvel has, MCU has brought up too many B and C side characters and then not connecting anything. And then being like, we'll explain it later. Yeah, in now 10 it's just years. spaghetti at a wall. Yeah. So well, then there's the counterbalance to all that. Okay, so like, what if Craven isn't good? What if Madame Web isn't good? Well, then you also got to see, can say a Venom three, and Deadpool three balance yeah. that out. Like, if Deadpool three is, I have no doubt it's going to be awesome. Uh, Venom three, I really like the first two Venom movies. I have high belief that this is going to be good too. So can that balance it out? Can they, you know, negate themselves? Maybe, you know. Maybe, maybe not. We'll have to wait and see. But hopefully this is all just speculative and, you know, that Madam Web is great. Hopefully Craven is great. We'll have to wait and see. All right, guys. <clears throat> With that down, let's move on to this, shall we? I think anybody who's over the age of, I don't know, 30, loved Beverly Hills Cop. Beverly Hills Cop, and what I mean, not all of the films were wonderful, granted, but we loved Eddie Murphy as Axel Foley, man. We did. And they've got a new one coming out. They finally dropped the trailer for Beverly Hills Cop, Axel F. First things first. At some point, Eddie Murphy went to a crossroads, dug a hole and buried a bone in it. And a crossroads demon appeared to him and made a deal with him that he will continue to look like he's in his late 30s for the rest of his life. Because Eddie Murphy does not look 62 years old in this trailer. By any stretch of the imagination, does Eddie Murphy look like that? That aside, I don't know if this movie's going to be any good. I really don't. But the best thing I can say about this trailer is it felt like Beverly Hills Cop in every single way. If it wasn't for the fact that uh, Judge Reinhold and (laughs) I for what's the name of his partner again? Oh, I can't remember the name of his partner. Um, yeah, I'd have to look it up. John Aston. Hmm. Is if it, if John if Judge Reinhold and John Aston weren't in this trailer and looking more their age, I would feel like this was a Beverly Hills Cop movie that came out two or three years after the last one. Like it, it so had that de- seeing Paul Reiser in there was really good. Um, uh, Kevin Bronx- Bacon. Uh, cool, Kevin Bacon. I mean, popular. everything's better with Bacon. Yeah. Come on, everything's better with Bacon. Uh, Bronson Pinoche. Pinoche? I think it's Pinoche. Joe goes in there. He's in there. See? Joseph yeah. Gordon Levitt. We got Joe Go. JGL. Some, some call him JGL. No. I've JGL. heard. I've heard. I've no. heard. I like I've a heard. joke. He's trying to make JGL work. It doesn't work. Stop I, trying to make, make JGL, JGL a thing. Work. It's never going to be a thing. Right Joe Go. But you know what? I, I'm going to listen. When they said they were doing another one, I wasn't terribly interested in it. I'm still not terribly interested in it. But the nostalgia feels out of that trailer hit all the right notes. Mm -hmm. And I I think I am going to watch it now. Chris, you saw the trailer for it. What did you think? You know, honestly, when I heard this was announced, it was, oh, I don't know if we need this right now. 
I don't know if this is what I want. I love those movies. Let them stay where they are. <laughs> this looks really fun. This looks really, really delightful and has a budget behind it and has great actors in it. Everyone popping up in this too, from the original franchise to new faces who we are all also familiar with because they're phenomenal actors. I'm really, really jazzed about this. And we were all talking before the show started too. Eddie Murphy, 62, get out of here. 62 yeah. and loving here. it. here. Oh my gosh, crushing it. He's, he's doing a lot of streaming movies lately, right? He is. He just oh, had that candy cane lane one out. Yeah. yeah, he had a bunch of things on Amazon. What's that Christmas movie he's got out right candy now? Candy cane lane. Candy cane lane. Yeah. Right, but and like that a it lot. It was cute. It was really cute. The way they mixed the track of Notorious Big in this trailer mm -hmm. is, is, wow. It, it sounded really good, actually. Yeah. Ray. I'm it's Notorious B.I.G. B.I.G. Did he? Just, Anyway, uh, okay, I, guys, can't, I can't say JGL, but you just said Notorious Big. <laughs> I didn't say no, him. Said Notorious Big. <laughs> it's when you're being more formal. You don't want to say. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, let us know what you guys thought about the trailer. I thought it looked pretty neat. All right. Listen, we still got a couple more things to talk about. But Captain America doing reshoots not till midway through the year, and they brought on a new writer for that. And, of course, the Jonathan Major situation has just gotten a lot more intriguing and sad and, and basically hearing, I think it's very unlikely that he's going to continue to be Kang. We're going to discuss that in a few things more, but before we do, we're going to take a quick moment here and thank a couple of sponsors of today's episode of the John Campbell Show podcast, our friends at BetterHelp and HelloFresh. Guys, we want to take a second to thank a sponsor of today's video, Better help. You know, guys, it's Christmas time, and I don't know about your family, but mine always used to like giving a lot of gifts. And whether you like giving big, elaborate gifts or small, personal gifts, it's important not to forget to also give to yourself during this season because the holidays are a great time to do that. So, whether it's by starting therapy, going easier on yourself during the tough moments, or treating yourself to a day of complete rest, remember to give yourself some love this holiday season, too. And you know, I think we need to talk about this more. You know, we always encourage each other when we're talking about improving our physical health, you know, going to the gym and working out. We talk about it with each other. We encourage each other. Well, I believe it's time we start doing that when it comes to our mental health. Make sure we're taking care of ourselves by looking at our mental health too. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So guys, in the season of giving, give yourself what you need with better help visit betterhelp.com slash campia today and get 10% off your first month that's betterhelp help.com slash campia guys we want to take a second to thank a sponsor of today's video HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable, and that's why it's America's number one meal kit. Say hello to a stressless holiday season with the help of HelloFresh. Skip the grocery store and save time with easy, tasty recipes delivered right to your door. Because tis the season for giving and gathering, and with HelloFresh, it can also be the season of saving. Actually, save money this month with fresh recipes delivered cheaper than takeout and with pre-portioned ingredients, you'll never waste money on excess food again. You know, guys, I've often talked about that Ann and I are both working professionals and it can be a struggle around dinner time to get healthy and delicious meals put together. But with HelloFresh, they make it easy, they make it fun, and they make it delicious. So guys, go to HelloFresh.com slash CampiaFree and use the code CampiaFree for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash CampiaFree with the code CampiaFree. And thank you to our friends at BetterHelp and HelloFresh and Jonathan telling stories about truck stop or bathroom stations <laughs> while we're off the cameras. I will have my people. We're <laughs> sponsoring today's episode of the John Campy Show podcast. That makes me second guess what happens at Bucky's. <laughs> oh no. Okay. All right, guys. With that down, let's get on to this, shall we? Uh, Captain America, for which I believe was originally supposed to come out in like late 2023, then talk about being moved to 2024, and now we know it's not coming out until 2025. Uh, apparently, according to Deadline, you can check this out, Captain America Brave New World hires scribe Matthew Orton for additional shooting planned. They're not even going to start sh doing the reshoots on this thing until like six months after it was originally supposed to come out in theaters. This is what they wrote. 
With plenty of time until its February 14th, 2025 theatrical release, Marvel Studios' Captain America Brave New World has hired Matthew Orton to pen additional scenes and material. Orton will work on material that will be shot in additional photography, which will take place in the spring slash summer of 2024, we understand. Now, if some of you might be asking the question to yourselves right now, who is Matthew Orton? Well, you're probably not alone because he's not what you would call a tremendously experienced uh, writer. When I go over to his IMDb, he's got the grand total of three credits. He wrote, a, honestly, a nice little movie called Operation Finale with Ben Kingsley and Oscar uh, Isaac, uh, which I thought was, it wasn't great, but was pretty good. He did one episode of Moon Knight, and depending on what episode that was, I'm not really sure. And then he worked on this television series called Devil's Peak, which I don't believe is on any North American network. I, I could be wrong about that, but I couldn't find it anywhere I looked around. But this is who they're bringing on to do some additional writing for it. Now, what I think is the more interesting aspect of this story, though, is I believe this is 100% a repercussion of Kevin Feige getting his authority back. I really do. <clears throat> now, of course, because under the Bob Chapek era with his banker buddy running all the, making all the decisions for Marvel and taking away most of Kevin Feige's ability and power, the idea of how much stuff had to be made, where it had to go, how quickly it had to come out, and all that kind of stuff. I honestly think that, as we saw with Daredevil, that, you know, now that Kevin Feige's got his power back, Kevin Feige has the power to say, you know what? I don't like the way this is going. Mm -hmm. Let's scrap what we're doing. Let's reevaluate, recenter, and remount. And put out a Daredevil series that is closer to the quality that people have come to expect from Marvel over the years and not in the last couple of years. And I honestly think that's kind of the same thing that's happening here with Captain America. I think this is a, a sign again that Kevin Feige's got his authority back, that he now has the authority to look at and say, I don't like the way this has shaped up. This isn't exactly what I wanted. And I no longer have Bob Chapek saying, who cares? Just get it out. Um, I now have bosses again who are going to let me make the decisions for Marvel Studios and our content. And I don't want to put some out to the public that I don't feel good about. And I don't feel good about this. Let's stop it. Let's make some changes. Let's remount and get something that we're all really proud of out. Now, still, the fact that they had to move it all the way to 2025 seems like a bit of a stretch. But at any rate, Chris, <clears throat> you know, we've heard a lot coming out. Some people even speculate they're going to reshoot 80% of the movie. Mm -hmm. I have heard that that's not true. But still, clearly, Kevin Feige's not happy with it. They're going to make changes. I mean, they've worked with this Matthew Orton guy before. Um, at first, I had to do a double check because my eyes, my brain interpreted what I read as Randy Orton. Mm -hmm. And I thought Captain America's going to RKO people <laughs> left, right, and center. He's just running around. But... But I mean, he worked on, he wrote one episode of Moon Knight, mm -hmm. I guess. Is this the right move for them right now? How do you feel about it? Well, he's, he's done a few other things. We always need to keep in mind with writers too. What we see on their IMDb is what has been purchased and come mm -hmm. to fruition. A lot of times too, writer scripts get bought up and then they are never made. Um, we've seen this with a lot of people. The writer of Bullet Train and Last Voyage of the Demeter, tons of scripts sold before yeah. those things came to fruition. So probably has written a few more things, but these are what we know. And uh, just for everyone's edification too, Devil's Peak uh, is on Mnet, which is a South African channel. Okay. It's a South African series. Um, that all being said, I am trying to fill time so I can tread lightly on this topic because I have a source I don't want to reveal. Um, a lot is going to be changed on this film, I think. I think a lot of things are happening here. What I'm excited about is that this shows they have faith in the project mm. rather than completely scrapping it. Because if that were the case, we wouldn't be bringing in a writer, and we've seen this with other studios, they'd be going for the tax break rather than investing more time and money into this. Mm -hmm. So it does make me optimistic that we're not giving up on this film. I do just hope they figure out what they need and find their footing. Um, because I really want to see Anthony Mackie shine. I love Sam. I absolutely adore him. And I really want him to have his moment in the sun. So I'm hoping that these rewrites come out really, really well. Um, at least what this gentleman has worked on too. You know, we have the one episode with Moon Knight, but a lot of what he's done is a lot of kind of intrigue, high stakes thriller kind of stuff. So I'm hoping that's the right kind of thing we need to just inject into this movie. 
Because I think that's what was so successful in the other Captain America films, right? In uh, in uh, Winter, Winter Soldier, Soldier, especially, right? Having that kind of '70s spy thriller feel worked so well in that, and I'm hoping they can kind of capture that lightning in a bottle again with this. And I hope, I hope, I hope these rewrites make it better than what it could be. I definitely am nervous about what's already been put together, just because I know they're not happy. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and it means, too, because you mentioned it, it shows confidence in it, but it also shows their belief that it can be financially successful. Because if they didn't believe this movie could make money, then they wouldn't go and drop another $75 million yeah. into exactly. it and take all this more time, right? I mean, and listen, this is not very different from what happened to Warner Brothers with the cancellation of Batgirl, right? This is basically Kevin Feige doing the same thing, saying this is not good enough to put out. The difference is they've got a property like Captain America that they believe can absolutely make up for any additional money they put into it, as opposed to Batgirl, which, well, look at the financial results of all the DCU movies that have come out in the last seven years. None of them are going to make money. So there was that. But I love the fact that Kevin's doing this. And let's see if we get the results that we really, really want. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to this, shall we? Maybe one of the most significant movie stories out there for the last couple of months has been the story of Jonathan Majors. Not because we care one dip of urine about, you know, the TMZ nonsense stuff, but we're literally talking about the biggest movie franchise in the world and the character that's supposed to be the linchpin of the entire phase of this cinematic universe and Kang the Conqueror being played by Jonathan Majors. Now, of course, we all know he got charged with assault. The trial has started. They did have certain things kept under court seal. Those seals have been removed. And now there is a real likelihood with what's now become public, <clears throat> pardon me, that Jonathan Majors is going to be replaced. And I talked to a couple of people in the last 24 hours that seem to believe that as well. Before we get to that, though, let's actually look at what was revealed in court. And now, again, we don't I don't care about court cases, but this has direct implications on the biggest movie franchise in the world and the direction their whole storyline is going. So it becomes relevant for our discussion. But of course, in the court case, Jonathan Majors had, that was under seal and then released, text messages between him and his former girlfriend, and then a voice message released from him. And none of it paints Jonathan Majors in a very good light. This, this I'm going to read this at length, but this comes to us from the folks over at Forbes who wrote this. Things have now reached a point where it should be impossible for Disney to continue working with majors in the wake of what's continually coming out about his behavior. This Friday, in his domestic violence case, text messages previously inadmissible, but now read to the jury in the case, reveal that majors appears to be advising his girlfriend, accuser Grace Jabari, not to go to the hospital after he gave her a head injury, even if she lied about what happened. Quote, I fear you have no perspective of what could happen if you go to the hospital. They will ask you questions. And as I don't think you actually protect us, it could lead to an investigation. Even if you do lie, they suspect something. And then Jabari, who could not get through reading her full messages without crying, and a prosecutor had to take over. I will tell the doctor, this is from the girlfriend, I will tell the doctor I bump my head uh, if I go. I'm going to give it one more day, but I can't sleep and I need some stronger painkillers. That's all. Why would I tell them what really happened when it's clear I want to be with you? He proceeds to tell her that he's a monster and threatens to kill himself, among other troubling texts. The audio recording sheds new light on on the case and on the pair's relationship, as well as into Major's high opinion of himself. I am a great man. A great man, Major says at one point in the clip. I am doing great things, not just for me, but for my culture and the world. That is actually the position I'm in. And then I accidentally pasted a thing in there at the end that I shouldn't have because we already read that part. I mean, he sounds like Kang. (laughs) Everything sounds good. I mean, listen. On face value, and there, let me say up front, there could be other interpretations. I'm just saying, On face value, what appears to be happening here is that Jonathan Majors gave his girlfriend a head injury and then tried to talk her out of going to the hospital, even though she was in incredible pain to the point that she couldn't sleep and needed stronger pain meds. 
he tried to talk her out of going to the hospital because it might look bad on him. And then reminding her that he's very important. That in that last thing about saying, I'm doing great things, not just for me, but for my culture and the world. Basically, hey, if you go to the hospital, you could hurt the world. You could hurt the world if you let people know what happened. What is clear, at least to me, in my own interpretations of what I'm seeing, is that Jonathan Majors is a dick. Um... Look, I need somebody who needs medical attention and you're trying to tell them, don't, please don't go to the hospital. Don't seek the medical attention you need because I'm afraid it's going to look bad on me. He's a dick. Professing himself to be a great man and then had to repeat it, a great man. Listen, I, I don't know Jonathan Majors personally. Maybe he's not a dick in totality. And maybe it's true that all of us at one point or another, if you catch us at the wrong moment, all of us, will look like a dick if you catch us at the right moment or the wrong moment as the case may be. But it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. And listen, I'm also a person that somebody being a dick does not mean they shouldn't have their jobs. Listen, when I drink from this cup, I don't wonder, is the person who made my cup a good person? Or are they kind of an asshole? Because there's a difference between being an asshole and being a criminal. Um, and while the text messages and the voicemails are damning, I I do want to point out that they don't necessarily, the text messages don't say, don't worry, I won't tell the doctor you threw me against the wall and then punched me in the face. It doesn't say that. Maybe there's another interpretation. Maybe they're playing a vigorous game of Twister that went south. I don't know. I'm just saying on face value, it doesn't look great. I then spoke, (coughs) because I've been home sick the last couple of days. So I've had a lot of time to watch One Piece and talk to people on the phone. I talked to two different producers, uh, Hollywood producers. And both of them said to me, having one of them with direct connections to Marvel, said to me, they just don't see any way that Jonathan Majors is after this. There's no way Jonathan Majors stays on as king. And it's not a matter about whether he's found innocent or guilty. It's a perception thing. That Disney, particularly Iger, is pretty protective of his family brand. Now, I also want to point out specifically, because I often get quoted out of context, that neither of these two producers I spoke to said, I talked to Bob Iger and they told me they're going to be kicking out Jonathan Majors. That didn't happen. I'm just saying that these producers I spoke to who have some connections there believe that after this, from what they understand of Marvel and how it operates and how it works, they believe there's really not a place or a way that they can imagine that Jonathan Majors is going to continue on as Kang, if they keep the Kang character at all. It also needs to be <clears throat> pointed out, uh, and we need to do this with every, whenever there's a court case we're discussing, always presumed innocent until proven guilty. But this may not be a situation where a company may go, we don't want to be associated with you, whether or not you're found guilty, There's enough out there right now that we can't associate our brand with you. So, I I, I mean, I don't know. Again, on the one hand, I don't feel that being a dick, there's any requirements to you doing your job that you're not a dick. A lot of people in the world are dicks. Maybe the people who made my computer are dicks. Guess what? I don't care. They They made me a great computer. As long as they're not breaking laws, as long as they're not doing things. But I'll tell you what, when I read, uh, where was that first one? Oh yeah, here it is. (laughs) I fear you have no perspective of what could happen if you go to the hospital because I'm a great man. They will ask you questions. And as I don't think you will actually protect us, it could lead to an investigation even if you do lie. And they will suspect something. I mean, listen, that alone is going to make it very, very difficult for Marvel to continue working with him. It just is. It's not a matter about whether it should make it more difficult for them or shouldn't make it more difficult for them. We're not talking theoreticals. In reality, and you will all agree with this, this does make it more difficult for Marvel to continue working with them. I'm not saying whether they should or should not. I'm just saying the obvious. This makes it more difficult. This will make it that if they do continue working with them, they're going to face a lot of backlash and a lot of problems. And 
<clears throat> you know, I, I think I agree with the writer of Forbes on this. I think we have probably seen the last of Jonathan Majors. Now, look, trial's not over. Maybe something will come out. Maybe we find out this girl has magical powers and she hallucinated Jonathan Majors into Texas. I don't know. Weirder things have happened in the world. Trial's not over yet. But as of right now, it does not look good. Anyway, Chris, you know, I think now we understand why Jonathan Majors' lawyers was trying to keep certain things sealed uh, and certain things exempt from the trial because this doesn't look good. But uh, you <laughs> read what we saw. You've heard what I've been told. What do you think about particularly the audio recording where he's calling himself a great man, all this kind of stuff. How do you feel about the stuff we read? And is he going to continue on? Can he continue on as Kang after this? How do you see it? I, it's really up to the studios, you know, and, and how honestly this court case shakes out. Because again, we've seen this with other celebrities of how messy domestic related issues have come to fruition and affected their casting, affected them being in projects and everything. There is also um, video footage that was released recently too. I know that was on CBS as well as New York yep. Post and everything, um, showing a bit more of their interaction um, with Jabari allegedly drunk, showing uh, Jonathan Majors pushing her back in the Cadillac and everything, them having a bit of a scuffle there as well. Um, uh, there's so many things going on with this. It's messy. It's just messy. And it has to be incredibly, incredibly difficult for everyone involved to have this on display. Wow. Um, that being said, obviously, domestic issues are very, very disturbing and should be dealt with in a very serious manner. Um, there's just a lot going on here. Ooh, just like on our screen. Yeah, I have um, no idea what's going on. I don't even know what I did, but uh, I'll try. Uh, can we not get the cameras back up? Well, the cameras oh, are up, but... I don't know. Yeah. Are you guys seeing something weird with this? Because my screen just blew up. Yeah. Just and let us like, let us know in the chat what's going on, too, there, guys. Yeah. Um, a lot of what he was talking about in that voicemail as well, and I do not condone it. I just know contextually a lot of it was you need to behave like great women, like Martin Luther King's wife, Coretta, like all these other women, instead of behaving in this drunk manner. That being said, so much of that dialogue does seem very narcissistic, does seem very gaslighting, does seem very toxic. I'm not in this relationship, so it is hard to judge everything that's happening here. Yeah, and everything, just real quick, everything's fine on our stream, so I'll just keep switching. Oh, okay, great. Until I figure out what's going on with my screen. Okay, wonderful, yeah. thank you. Um, so it's it's just a real mess, and I think Marvel is probably going to look towards recasting just because when something happens like this where it is kind of up to the court of public opinion, even after the actual court decides on things, people are going to have their own opinions. We've seen this with Johnny Depp. We've seen this with Amber Heard. We've seen this with Ezra Miller, where there's camps for both sides of that person on whether they're right, wrong, guilty, not guilty. And I don't see Disney putting themselves in the position to have somebody front and center of their film who people are still deciding whether or not they're a good person or a bad person, you know, a, a violent person, not just a good person, a violent person. Um, so I, I do think people, everyone keep looking at the news, follow the core information, see what's happening, watch these videos too, that have been released so you can make these decisions for yourself. Um, but man, at the end of the day, it's just so messy. And I'm sorry, I'm not being more eloquent about that. It's just hard to have an actual finger on the pulse of this situation when we're still getting all of this news, you know? Yeah. And again, I, I know not everybody's going to like how I look at this. I, again, I don't really care if somebody's a good person or a bad person. I mean, in my life, I do. But in, I, I don't care whether the person who made Spoiler Pig is a good person or a bad person. All I care about is Will Spoiler Pig make that delightful noise whenever I squeeze him? I don't care whether the person who made my laptop is a good person or a bad person. I don't care if the person who made my jacket is a good person or a bad person. That shouldn't determine whether they, maybe it should determine who will have relationships with them in their life. It shouldn't determine what jobs they have or what, if they can do their job. It's different when that crosses a line into committing criminal acts. Yes. So for me, Jonathan Majors being a narcissist I mean, I don't know who you're talking to your girlfriend and having to express, to make her understand how great of a man you are. But being a narcissist and maybe a giant dick, to me, that doesn't change things for me about whether or not I can watch him as Kang. <clears throat> I have a whether hard or not time he with created, that stuff. Whether yeah. or not he committed criminal acts like assault, that's different. That, that, that's a different thing. And again, we, we don't know what it's come down to about whether or not he is actually guilty of that, but... Again, this type of stuff puts Disney in a very, very precarious position. And um, 
it's going to be interesting to see how this all kind of turns out. All right, guys. With that down, we're now going to move on and start taking your live questions. But before we do, we're going to take a quick moment here and thank another sponsor of today's episode, our friends at Mint Mobile. Guys, we want to take a moment to thank a sponsor of today's video, Mint Mobile. Give yourself the gift of insane savings this holiday season with Mint Mobile's best wireless deal of the year. Right now, when you switch to Mint Mobile and buy any three-month plan, you'll get another three months for free. That's six months of premium wireless service for the price of three. And Mint Mobile lets you order and activate from home while saving tons on phone plans starting at just $15 a month. Seriously, I can't think of a better gift than turning an overpriced wireless bill into just $15 a month with Mint Mobile. I've told you guys many times since switching to Mint Mobile, I am spending less than a third on my mobile service plan with Mint than I was on the previous big carrier who was my provider. By going online only and eliminating the traditional cost of retail, Mint Mobile passes the significant savings on to you. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and switch easily and effortlessly with eSIM. So again, for a limited time, buy any three-month Mint Mobile plan and get three more months free by going to mintmobile.com slash campia. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash campia. And thank you to our friends at Mint Mobile for sponsoring the John Campia Show podcast. All right. Now, uh, before we jump in and start taking questions, I, I want to address something, you know, that's a common thing that a lot of people feel. But in our live chat, uh, Maria Jose uh, Lopez, she made a comment. Uh, I don't know if, see if you can find that, Jonathan, that, that said this, I am not giving my hard earned money to a person like that. Oh, there we go. Um, that is an understandable way of thinking. However, it's, it's important to remember that you are not giving money to him. It's, there are literally thousands of people who worked on this movie. And, and I hate to burst the bubble, but whatever your favorite movie is, somebody who worked on that movie is a giant asshole. That's just the law of averages. Someone who worked on that movie is a giant asshole. It's just the truth. Um, whatever these movies are, they're going to be bigger than just one of the actors in it. There's going to be you know, 50, 60, 70, 120 actors in the movie. There's going to be a thousand crew members that work on it, writers and designers and directors and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's, and again, we're talking about somebody that hasn't been convicted of anything yet, right? Again, I, I don't know what Marvel does about this. I, I don't know what their recourse is from here. I don't know what, I, they don't have a clean out. They just don't have a clean out here. Jonathan Majors made it very, very difficult for them. So we're going to have to see what happens. All right. Guys, let's get over to your live questions here, shall we? What do we got? Right up here. Oh, there we go. Okay, from Raymond Verada. Just saw Beverly Hills Cop 4 trailer. I wish it was in theaters, but I know people's tastes are different today, and you can't bring family to this one. I mean, I don't know if you can bring family to this one or not. Is it going to be hard R? I mean, there, I mean, obviously, some of the other stuff in other Beverly Hills Cop movies you could not bring the family to. Fun car ride home. <laughs> A lot of discussions in yeah. the car. Lots of talks in the car. All right, what's next? From the Inedible Hulk, Sam is one of my favorite <laughs> MCU characters, especially after uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. But with the new gear, seems like Captain America asterisk sponsored by Wakanda. Well, I mean, he got his outfit from Wakandans, right? I guess, listen, with all the... I don't like the idea of other characters taking up the mantle of another one. To me, Captain America is Steve Rogers is Captain America is Steve Rogers is Captain America. That's it. I'm not real big on the idea of somebody else because no, no, you're not Captain America. Steve Rogers is Captain America. And once he's gone, that's it. But I don't care if it's Bucky or Sam, or whatever, but I got to say, Sam is one of the better characters in the MCU. Um, in, in terms of moral compass and code, interesting, entertaining to watch. Sam's great. And it, even though I don't think anybody else should be Captain America, the transition they did in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and I didn't love that show, but the transition was handled very, very well. And I'm going to be really intrigued to see how they kind of navigate that whenever this movie actually comes out. All right, what's next? From uh, Isaiah Jones, will you guys have a Christmas show special this year? Thanks, and as always, bring on the filthy. 
Um, like a show on Christmas Day? Hell no. No, <laughs> no, no. I'm I'm not working on Christmas Day. Nah. So, no, there will not be uh, a Christmas Day special. All right, that's, what's next? It's my favorite holiday of the year, y'all. Uh, is Melvin Vargas just for loving One Piece? Aw. Oh, okay. well. So what if I didn't like it? Then, yeah. eh, then negative exactly. money. Wait a minute. But though. I did enjoy. I gotta admit, I did enjoy One Piece. Uh, I was hundred percent against it, but I have to call it like I saw it. I I had a good time watching it. Well, does did. this make you a paid shill now though? Because he just paid you two dollars for like. That's right. I got paid oh, for giving a positive opinion. Yeah. I don't. Oh care. dang. All right. What's next? From Marie, I know you haven't seen Wonka yet, but so far, which Timothy Chalamet movie have you enjoyed the most? Dune. Yeah, Dune is a masterpiece in my opinion. An absolute stunning masterpiece. Now, I don't necessarily think that was his best performance. I think still his best performance uh, wasn't even Call Me By Your Name, which I think he was nominated for that, uh, but was the one he did with Steve Carell, where he's the drug-addicted Steve Carell's- Beautiful Boy. Beautiful Boy. Oh, that movie's phenomenal. Oh, his performance in that. Like, that was the movie to me. Like, I liked him a lot in Call Me By Your Name, but Beautiful Boy was the movie to me that I went, I don't know that he will be the next Daniel Day-Lewis- but nobody in the world right now has more potential to be the next Daniel Day-Lewis than this dude. And it was that movie that did it for me. That's the one for me. That broke me because we have uh, somebody in my family who has severe addiction issues and they handled that so, so well. So good. Carell's great in it too. Mm -hmm. But yeah, but but the movie I enjoyed the most easily, a masterpiece, Dune. That's the Mm -hmm. one for me. All right, what's next? From uh, Kyum, bonjour. Saw the boy and the heron. Gorgeous animation, like any other studio, uh, any other studio Ghibli, but didn't really vibe with the story, to be honest. A little underwhelmed. I had a friend talk to me about how the story was kind of all over the place, where it was, this was beautiful, but I don't know how to describe what I just watched. I notice a lot of his films, he wraps it up really quick in the last 20 yeah. minutes. Okay, they sort of did that here, probably more in the first 15, but like, you don't really even get to the main story for an hour into it. So to me, it was a pacing issue. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's funny because the first, I haven't had a chance to see the film yet myself, but the first wave of responses that came out about were unbelievable. But lately I've been hearing more and more people saying, you know, it it has some significant issues. Again, I'm not saying that for myself. I haven't seen it myself, but I'll, I'll let you know what I think once I do. All right. Thanks for giving us your input. What's next? From Halo. As someone who used to think Deku was a crybaby, he is now my favorite superhero of all time. The My Hero comic is ending, and it's amazing. That's great. But if you shit the bed for an entire first season, you lost any um, right to have me continue on. Like, I, I really hate in, in television shows and movies that you just got to get through the first blah, blah, blah before it starts to get good. Nah. <clears throat> You're supposed to be good once when you start. Now, granted, an argument can be made for like, say, The Wire, right? Some TV files believe The Wire is de facto, period, the greatest television show ever made. And it is great. But that's a show where a lot of the people will say that will all say, no, you got to get through the first season or two or something like that, right? Um, So, I mean, that's there too, but... Yeah, no, they, I gave it, I gave that show its entire first season. I ain't going back to it. So that's just, that's just me and my prerogative. All right. What's next? From Michael, uh, 2023 is the MCU's lowest grossing year since 2014 and lowest grossing three film year ever with a measly 1.52 billion. 2022 grossed 2.5 billion. Bring on the filthy. I love it how we're calling. I won't say measly. A measly one point five two billion. I want a measly one point two. When, when by any other movie franchise that would be considered incredible. Yes, but by Marvel standards, by Marvel standards, not great. <clears throat> Their average has now dropped below a billion. Because up until last or up until like two thousand nineteen. The Marvel, not every Marvel Cinematic Universe movie made a billion dollars, but they averaged over a billion dollars per film. You, you don't even wrap your head around that, do you? To have that many films and they averaged over a billion dollars per film. That is insanity. That is a level of success that will never be matched again. But as of today... They have made about $30 billion, but with 33 movies, they've dropped below a billion per film, but whatever. And obviously 2024 isn't going to be a big 
<laughs> big baller year for them either. They got one movie coming out. Regardless of how successful that movie is, I think Deadpool will make a billion, but I mean, so it's, it's going to be pretty low too. But can they get the wheels back on the bike and get rolling again in 2025? That's what we're going to have to wait and find out. All right, what's next? From AL, I saw Boy and Heron last Friday, and it was great. Also, Chris, it'll please you that the celebrity voice cast was really good, especially Robert Pattinson. I heard everyone was really amazing, but that Christian Bale struggles a little bit with his dialect. He goes from he goes from like a Boston, New York thing, and every once in a while he slips in. It's British, yeah, and then it's like this weird Boston, New York thing that doesn't mm. actually exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but is Keanu Reeves in there? He, Dave Bautista is in it. He oh, voices the character. And, I didn't know he was in it. Uh, Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. Was it? Yeah. yeah I heard good. Robert Pattinson kills it. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Yeah. You don't even know it's him. I'm so excited to see it. All right, what's next? From uh, Shamrock Vibes. I cried watching the Doctor Who special. I loved it. Same. Oh, same. And especially, I cried a bunch about Wilf because Bernard Cribs, oh my gosh, what a guy. He, uh, one of the, the characters in the show in real life recently passed. Oh no. And he didn't get to finish filming his scenes, but they did this beautiful kind of tribute to him where the character still lives on and is being well cared for. Um, it's If you haven't watched it and you're a, a big Doctor Who fan, I highly recommend it. It's so well done. It's so lovely. And um, sure, it can feel a little fan servicey, but in all the best ways. It's, it's just a really beautiful story. All right, what's next? From Jay Loco, have y'all seen the international Godzilla versus Kong toy leaks? It shows uh, Shimo, aka Dark Godzilla version. This movie will be a freaking WWE tag team match. Woo. <laughs> Ray can hope. That's what Ray's want. That's what Ray's wanting to see in a giant Godzilla movie. Uh, no, I haven't seen the toy leaks myself personally yet. I think we're gonna probably see a lot of various monsters, a lot of monster on monster violence. Um, I, it, it's going to take something to get me over that running Godzilla, though. It's going to give me like... He's so cute. He's so adorable. He's Look at that adorable, adorable running Godzilla. Godzilla. All right, what's next? <laughs> From Christopher Brinkner. I'm fine with Marvel delaying Cap 5 and Thunderbolts nine months as it gives them time to make the movie, uh, make the movies good and fix any writing issues the film has. Okay, but you can say that about any movie, right? <laughs> Who said it had writing issues? Uh, I mean, I, I mean, that's that's the thing. Like, George Lucas talked once about, and I, I can't quote him word for word, but but I think he was absolutely right. Um, Lucas talked sometimes about how there's there's a certain point and threshold in developing your movie that at some point you start to decline. That at some point you start to d- decline. Like you work on a a film, you should be able to work on a film till it gets to a certain point, and then you need to stop. And just giving yourself more and more time to work on it, you're actually going to undo some of the good that you've done. <coughs> Again, I'm not quoting him directly there, but that was the basic gist of his message. And I think he's right. So I, don't, I do not automatically think that more time. I mean, as long as you don't go to a writer and say, hey, we need a script in five weeks, go. That's different. But when there's been ample time to develop and write a script, then suddenly giving them seven more months is not necessarily a good thing. Uh, then all of a sudden people, more people get involved. And then all of a sudden people start to get more nitpicky and new ideas that are not necessarily good ideas start to make their way into the script. And, and at some point, you know, Lucas also said at one point that a movie is never finished. It's just, how did he put it? It's like, it's a movie is never finished. It's just completed or something like that. Right. At some point you just got to make it. You just run out of money. <laughs> or you just run out of money. At some point you just got to make it. So I, I don't know that all this extra time, everybody seems to assume that, Oh, give them that more time. That's going to make the movie even better. No, not necessarily. It can actually be a detractor sometimes. Anyway. All right. What's next? From Raymond. Saw trailers for If and Miller's Girl. If placed Ryan Reynolds' strengths, the lovable man-child. Martin Freeman is the right height for Jenna Ortega. You know, I just didn't have time for us to talk about it today. <laughs> that trailer, though. We saw, they Ooh. showed us a really good preview for If when we were at CinemaCon. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of taken with the idea. Of course, I believe it's directed by John Krasinski. Yes, it is. And so he's got Steve Carell in there doing the voice of the big purple monster. Uh, And the trailer, normally when a trailer comes out for a movie that they previewed for us like half a year ago, it's usually a lot of the same footage. This was all new. Yep. Which means we, we still saw a lot of stuff that other people haven't seen yet. But this was all new stuff. And 
I, I got to admit, just the fact that it's John Krasinski directing, Ryan Reynolds starring, Steve Carell in there, kind of reunioning with reunioning with uh, John Krasinski. Um, you got me interested already. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I, I thought this was a charming little trailer. Oh, absolutely. You liked it? I liked it a lot. And then that Miller's Girl trailer. I didn't Ooh. see that. Which one was that? Oh, so uh, Jenna Ortega is one of Martin Freeman's writing students. She's a freshman in college, and she writes a short story, it appears, that sounds like they've had some sort of physical relationship. Mm. And from the trailer, you don't really know if they have or haven't. Or if she just Or if she's up. just creating this, and he's telling her, like, you're not allowed to do this, I will fail you if you do this. But it's this very kind of cat and mouse um, power dynamic in there that is very, very disturbing to see because it's, oh, there's Wednesday. Wednesday smoking a cigarette. Oh, Wednesday, why are you trying to say that about your teacher? But it should <laughs> be really There's another one they showed us at CinemaCon with Jenna Ortega where, about the boat, the fishing boat. Remember that one? I don't. I don't. That these brothers are operating a fishing boat and something goes wrong. They need money to, to keep the family business alive and Jenna Ortega gets them to run drugs or something like that. Oh, I can't remember the name remember. of it, but that looks pretty interesting too. I don't remember that too. at all. Oh, Ooh. people want to go see the movies. Watch Jen Ortega be naughty. I know. All right, what's next? From Robert, you should definitely give Yu Yu Hakusho anime a shot. My favorite anime growing up and rewatch with my wife and it still holds up. Amazing fights and great overall writing. Still has the best intro song. It's a <clears> good show. I, you listen, it, it, I've, anime just isn't for me for the most part. Right there, obviously there are there are some classics uh, that I've watched and I've really enjoyed. Whether it's Space Battleship Yamato, or whether it's Akira, or whether it's Ghost in the Shell, or you know stuff like that. Um, obviously some Studio Ghibli stuff, but that's I kind of put that in a separate category. Um, it just for the most part, it's not really for me, which is part of the reason why I was so surprised that I liked that One Piece live action thing. I that was a I don't know how true that was to the anime. I don't know how close it was, but it was really good. I really enjoyed it. It's pretty spot on. They took a few liberties here and there, but for the most part, it's a solid adaptation. I really, I, I couldn't, I so power did an eye, a power eye roll. The first time he goes, gum, gum, blah, blah, blah. Like he yells out his, his mm-hmm. I'm like, oh God, that's so pathetic. <laughs> but by the end of the season, I got excited when he was like, gum, You yell along with him. We're like, hell yeah, let's wreck shop, buddy. Let's go. <laughs> Yeah, and the dude, who, the kid who plays Zorro is oh my really gosh. good. He's amazing. I really like him in this. Mm-hmm. So, all right, what's next? From Kyle, not hearing great things about Rebel Moon. I haven't heard anything about it yet. Now, look, it's a Zack Snyder film, okay? <clears throat> I have only ever not liked one Zack Snyder film, and that was uh, Sucker Punch. But that was a beautiful movie, right? Whether you're talking about 300, which I loved, Man of Steel, which is one of the greatest comic book films of all time, um, his other DC offerings, uh, Legends of the Guardians, The Owls of Gaul, a very underrated film that nobody talks about for some reason when bringing up Zack Snyder. I really like that anime movie very much. But everybody knows that Zack Snyder's main strengths are his visuals. I even liked Army of the Dead. Yep. which I know a bunch of people didn't like, but I liked it. I had a good time with it. Yep. Narrative is not Zack Snyder's strongest suit. His strongest suit is, is as a visual storyteller, which he's great. Now, <clears throat> you get some movies of his where he's able to marry those two very well. 300 is a great example of that. Man of Steel, great example of that. Can Rebel Moon be that merging of visual style with a solid narrative like 300 was and Man of Steel was, or will it be beautiful visual thing that you have to watch with the volume turned off because the narrative's no good like, say, Sucker Punch was? I don't know. But the trailers have me on board. I'm, I'm on board. And when does it come out again? 21st? 21st. So it like was in one the 22nd, week. but they changed it to the 21st, 7 p.m., I believe mm-hmm. Netflix. So one week. We're one week away from that coming out. And I will be watching it with great interest. I, have you heard any of the reviews or any feedback? Not a one. Out? I haven't heard anything about it. Yeah, neither have I yet. Mm-mm. All right, what's next? From TJ Perry. Seen the trailer for If Yet? John Krasinski directing Ryan Reynolds and Steve Carell in a movie about imaginary friends and growing up. Looks sweet. 
Yeah, it does. I, I was kind of taken with it when they when they showed it to us back at uh, CinemaCon. It's a, it's a charming little trailer, man. It's a really good little trailer that's actually got me more interested in it. So I, I think this can be something kind of special. I mean, it's got a little bit of a Monsters, Inc. feel to it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we'll see how that all turns out. All right, what's next? From Zachary Zero. Zachary! Watched Iron Claw. This movie is devastating. Zach Efron is great and jacked AF. Reminds me of the Franco Colombo Arnold days. So I had tickets. <coughs> Pardon me. I had tickets to go see Iron Claw last night. I was bedridden. I couldn't go. But Anne and Ray still went. Mm -hmm. So Anne came back and I said, so how was it? She goes, it's really good, but really sad. And Ray, when I came in this morning, I said, so Ray, what did you think of Iron Claw? And the first thing he said was, fuck that movie. <laughs> I'm like, it wasn't good? He's like, nah, it's not that it wasn't good. It's just depressing. What are your thoughts on it? I... I applaud every cast member in that. It, it seems like whoever had a part in that of the brothers, the guy, the guys who played the brothers, especially the the father, that actor, they were really good. I mean, they did take some liberties in the story because I did watch a Von Erich documentary after it just to see what really happened. That's how interested I was in the story, the complete story after the movie. If you're a wrestling fan, go see this. I mean, a pro wrestling, if you know anything about go see it it's really good it's just really depressing too i i, I don't know how to promote a movie that is just depressing <clears throat> afterwards it's hard for me to promote something like that so but, but hey, I, some I, of the greatest movies of all time are just will leave you feeling heavy afterwards and, and zach afron put in the work to do this film i mean i appreciate him a lot more after this film i know Anne's a big fan me i never really cared but now he he made a fan out of me all right what's next from oh, Christopher Brickner. Uh, Matthew Orton co-wrote Moon Knight episode five, Asylum, the episode where we look back on Moon Knight's life, like the death of his brother and how he got DID, disassociative identity oh, disorder. I think that was I think that was the best episode. That's if I, promising. If it's if it's the episode I, I'm thinking of, that's I think that was the best episode of the season. Okay, well that's good. I mean, I would like to see a bigger resume, but I mean that'll do. All right, what's next? From C. Black, John, you're painting a bad picture of Jonathan Majors. Did you see the videos? I'm not. Listen, I'm not painting anything. I am re literally reading what was said in court. I'm not saying any. I'm not painting any picture. I am simply saying there is a text message. This is fact. This is not my opinion. I'm not painting a picture. There is a text message specifically where it seems that Jonathan Majors is admitting he gave his girlfriend a head injury and then try to talk her out of going to the hospital because it might hurt him because he's such a great man. I'm not painting any picture. That was a fact. That happened. Now, I, I agree that it can be interpreted in different ways. There are different ways that maybe there's alternate explanations. I'm not saying that there isn't, but I'm not painting any picture. I am simply reading exactly what happened in court. And listen, I don't care what any video shows. That is irrelevant to the position that Marvel is going to be in when you have a text message where apparently he's admitting, yeah, I gave you a head injury. Don't go to the hospital because they might ask questions. And even if you lie and cover it up for me, they might investigate. And I'm a great man who's very important to our country. I'm not painting any picture. That's what he said. I'm just telling you, I said, you interpret it the way you want to interpret it. It just is what it is.